Boss Lady Coaching Podcast is produced in part by Fort Knox Federal Credit Union. People helping people. Visit fortknoxfcu.org. Enjoy free tools at bethebosscoaching.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Boss Lady Coaching. Hello, Boss Ladies. It's Holly Sexton, and I am back with another episode of Boss Lady Coaching with Megan Stith. Hey, Megan, what's up? Hi. I'm so glad to be back after our summer break. It just went way too fast. It did go way too fast. It is fall break now, so here we are starting off a new season of podcasts. Thank you so much to our new partner, Fort Knox Federal Credit Union, People Helping People, and their mission lines up with our mission. That's why we're happy to have Rebecca Eights with us. Now, for the rest of the podcast, we're going to refer to her as Becky uh, because she's a friend now, but also the executive vice president here at Fort Knox Federal Credit Union. We've got some nice new digs. That's right. We are filming and taping today at the credit union, and it's awesome to be part of your team now. Well, thank you. It's awesome to be part of this uh, new partnership, this initiative with um, both you and Holly. We really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for believing in us. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Becky, we want to talk about your business and where you are now, but we have to get there first. So let's do a timeline. Um, What did you envision your career to be like as you were a young woman? Say around um, high school, senior age and into college. Wow. Um, Well, at that time in my life, I really envisioned myself as a hairdresser. Um, If you can imagine that, I used to cut my sister's hair, my, her friend's hair. So I saw myself being a hairdresser and, you know, maybe going to barber college or something like that. Um, And then it just didn't really, you know, that didn't come to fruition for me. So um, I... You know, in high school, I remember in the library, I went to North Harden High School, and I remember in the library, there were all kinds of pamphlets and brochures on the different colleges. And so I went home with a handful of them one day thinking, oh, wow, you know, I really would like to attend one of these universities. Bellarmine was the one that really sticks in my mind to this day. And um, I remember bringing those home and my mom just saying, wow, you know, we we don't really have um, the funds to send you to college. So, um, you know, that's really gonna be tough. So I ended up um, getting into the co-op program at North Harden and going to work my senior year. So I would leave every afternoon from school around one o'clock or so and go to my job. And, um, you know, from there, it was pretty much just work. So as far as being um, a young, girl in high school that really envisioned this fabulous career at that point I really didn't I just knew that I needed to work Mm -hmm. so um, from there I I, you know just um, went to work didn't really think too much about going to school and about going to college I think that brings up a really interesting topic for some of our listeners is assuming because we're pushed toward college or because we have the dream of going to college or university or higher education, that the money's going to be there. So, and Megan, with your position now in ECTC, I'm sure you can look at Becky's situation and say, yeah, that's an expectation a lot of young women have. It is, and I just love Becky's story. Uh, I always learn something about her every time we get to talk, but especially to know, uh, you know, thinking your life was gonna go in one direction and to see the transformative power of education to open doors, to go from uh, hairdressing to finance is a leap, but I think it's just (laughs) such a great example of 
there are opportunities out there and if you're willing to work that's the big thing that it sounds like you've never turned down an opportunity to get experience and jump right in yeah I, I really haven't um, the job that I started uh, as a co-op student was in retail it was at a little bath boutique in Radcliffe I got very few hours um, a week but still you know wanted to make that income so continued working there and you know finally ended up getting um, a job with a bank in a book in the bookkeeping department it was a local community bank and worked there for like three years after high school and during the time that I was working there I thought you know I really like what I'm doing I, I really did like the finance business and that type of industry really appealed to me and so I thought well you know maybe I can go to school so at that point I reached out to, back then it was ECC, <laughs> and um, slowly but surely started getting my classwork done through ECC. And initially, um, I didn't have to declare a major and um, was able to, you know, work through. I, I think I started out, took a few classes, and then thought, oh, boy, this is a little much trying to, because by this time then I had a full-time job, and I was thinking, wow, you know, I didn't know how I was going to make that happen. But um, I think I stopped for a little while, and then whenever I started working for the credit union, um, once I started here, then I changed roles. I had started out as a part-time teller. Many of you have heard that story. Uh, I started as a part-time teller and kind of worked my way over into the lending area, and it really was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because my boss, at that time um, was the one who really encouraged me to get my degree. She's like, you have got to get your degree. She was the loan manager at that time and she didn't have a degree. She had a high school education and um, she really was encouraging and just sort of mentored me along. So with that, then I began um, really going after it, got my associates first and once I, it was like I had to take baby steps, take a little bite, one bite at a time. And so I got my associates, then worked on to get my bachelor's, and then finished with my MBA in 2009. I mean, I, you know, you hear about um, career college students, that was me. <laughs> but I was also, you know, at the time, working full time and raising a family because, you know, during that time I'd gotten married, had two daughters. And they were very involved in sports and in school, so um, it was a, a wild ride. Mm -hmm. And you know, looking back now, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, wow, how did that all happen? But yeah. you did it, <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, just one class at a time. Yeah. Um, what did your daughters see growing up? Did they ever talk to you about that? Do you ever have oh. that conversation? Oh my gosh, yes. My so so I have to tell the story. Um, my daughters, they were forever um, watching me carry books to their practices, um, working, you know, very late into the night that they would go to bed and be fast asleep, you know, hours before I ever made it to bed. And um, so they saw this, you know, it was a day in and day out sort of thing that they were, they grew accustomed to. Mm -hmm. I missed some of their events. I will never forget my oldest daughter was a third grader and she won a cross-country meet in Louisville with the um, 
uh, it was the Catholic Schools Association, and she won as a third grader, and I wasn't there to see it because I was in school. I had class that night. And um, so, you know, there were times like that that I missed, and they were heartbreaking for me, but they were also heartbreaking for them that they didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So now my oldest, same oldest daughter that won the cross-country meet was, um, she is, has gone back to school to get her nursing degree. And she tells me all the time that she graduated from Western in um, 2011 and she worked for a urologist in Bowling Green and so she's seen that you know there were bigger things for her um, she and was that a, happens a lot like Megan's taking a program right now and, and I'm kind of looking at what's next sometimes you don't know until you're in the minutiae of something what is for you right exactly and this nursing program is brutal she's completed one semester and she tells me mom you know why I can do this because I watched you. I saw you. She said, you know, I don't have a family yet. She's married, but she doesn't have any children. She said, you know, I watched you do it as a working mother. I watched you get your degree. I watched the hard work you put into it. It taught me that you just have to work hard to get where you want to go. And so she is really pouring her heart and soul into it and is very focused and and i think that's what it takes once you make that decision then you just have to be really focused on what you're doing and you know to be able to you know get through your classwork i mean there's tons of papers to write tons of reading to do but in the end it's very much worth it and there's a lot to unpack there there's work-life balance there's mom guilt um there is exhaustion yeah and some days you think how am i functioning because you're so tired but i try to keep a a a, um, a future perspective on that in the sense of this will be done one day i won't always have this situation and try to be grateful um that i do have a small child and 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 hopefully one day he'll look at me and say mom I can do this because I saw you do it and yeah. that's incredible that's a great legacy to yeah leave. it and you know what at the time I certainly didn't know that's what I was doing you know <laughs> you didn't I, consciously wake up one day and I, say I'm gonna teach my girls a work ethic right <laughs> I didn't I didn't I that was um born into me that work ethic was my parents um they always taught us that you know, you have to work hard to get where you want to go. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind saying I grew up in a very poor family. And so we did all have to work hard. I watched my dad uh, work very hard. My mom worked very hard. She raised six of us children. And they always taught us that you can do anything you put your mind to. You know, you just have to work hard to do it. So um, it was kind of easy. You know, like that was a part of my makeup. Uh, was that hard that hard work ethic so but it's so hard now I think because we it's great that we've given our kids so many more opportunities but sometimes it's that persistence that we often hear is missing from and I'm not this is not a generational statement but we say is harder and harder to come by and it's because it can be so difficult and so challenging to overcome obstacles like you know, continuing your education, pursuing a degree, and the long-term commitment that that takes, sometimes it's just easier to talk yourself out of it or to give yourself an excuse. So I think you just bring up such a great point about 
the value not just being in that piece of paper or that degree, but knowing at the end of this, you have something nobody can take away from you. And the example of sticking with something (laughs) and working when you don't feel like it and turning in a paper even when you would rather not. (laughs) That's really so much of the value of of going through that type of experience and doing so with kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I remember one time a fellow employee, a a friend of mine at work said, what are you going to do if you get this degree and you don't go anywhere else in the organization. What, what are you going to do? And I said, you know what? It doesn't matter to me if I don't go anywhere else in the organization because I will have achieved something that no one can take away from me. Mm-hmm. It means a lot more than you just said, Megan. It's a lot more than that piece of paper that, it's, that the certificate's on. You're playing um, your own game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very much so. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, But what did happen? What was the trajectory? What happened after that degree? Well, you know, it was so amazing. My my mentor here um, that I mentioned earlier that that was my boss from, um, for, gosh, more than 10 years, you know, she had really encouraged me to to get my degree. And so, you know, she watched me at first, just kind of taking my time, and then she began to see that, you know, retirement was in sight for her. And so she told me, she said, you, you really need to work on getting that degree. I really want you to have your bachelor's by the time I retire. And she was going to retire at um, like the end of 2001, 2002, somewhere in that time frame. And so I really had to start, you know, speeding up the number of classes I was taking in each semester and taking classwork during the summer. And so I was able to get it done. And after she retired, then her job, her position was offered to me. And then, and she was a loan manager. That was her title. And then after I was made, um, after I was, I accepted the position, then my title changed to vice president. And they explained to me that, you know, you have a degree that means something. So then I was a vice president. So I worked in lending as a vice president for a number of years and um, then eventually was a senior vice president of lending. And during that time in lending, then I thought, well, okay, I've got to work on my master's now. I've got to get that MBA out of the way. And I had a lot of encouragement from, you know, my my coworkers and my credit union family, lots of encouragement. And, uh, you know, again, that was another tough battle to get through that. And I was so thankful that I did because once I got that behind me, um, you know, then people are retiring, positions are coming open, and then I end up in the executive vice president's role here at the credit union and you know it was always my dream job it truly was um after i'd been with the credit union maybe 10 years i saw myself in this role but just because i saw myself in this role didn't mean that i was going to attain this role Um, you know there are lots of qualified people in the world and so i never expected it to be handed to me. So um, <clears throat> whenever I was able to achieve um, the role that I'm in now, 
you know, it, <clears throat> I was greatly um, satisfied, I guess. And that speaks a lot to preparation and motivation, like you were talking about. It's really hard to get people to, to motivate people and for them to motivate themselves to finish something. And also when they can't see into the future, you couldn't be certain 100% that you would get that position upon finishing your first degree. Right. But you did it anyway. So when you were prepared when those came open. Right. And I'm also confident um, that you would have had other offerings from other places. I, yes. You know, I, or maybe that's happened yeah, to you. Yeah, I did. I did. And, you know, there was something about um, the credit union family, the support system that I had had for a number of years. And um, I, I did actually have a couple of offers and they were higher salaries than what I was making at the time. But I was really comfortable in uh, where I was at the credit union and just really had faith that at some point um, I would be able to, to move into a higher role without leaving the organization. Because by that time, I had already been here, you know, 10 years or so, and to have to leave and then go and start somewhere else just did not seem like um, the ideal situation at the time. So so I'm so glad that I chose not to. And, and that says a lot about your work environment, too. Um, when I see you with your, um, with your coworkers, you seem to truly value each other and enjoy being together. Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. We just uh, had our um, Employee Appreciation Day. And we all went to Churchill Downs, and this is the second annual um, uh, Employee Appreciation Day that we've held there. And it is just so meaningful to get to walk around and meet the, meet some of the staff that you haven't met maybe or meet their spouses, some of their family. It's just a really neat uh, day to get to take part in. Mm -hmm. And um, I think everyone here uh, at the credit union truly um, you know, believes we are a family and, and everyone supports one another and, you know, tries to, um, you know, lift each other up when they're down. And we're just, we've developed such a, a good working relationship around here. I was over at our Pershing office on Fort Knox today, and, and it's just so great to go over there and see all the different faces that you don't see on a day to day basis and just check in with people and, um, you know, just see where they are and how they're doing. And, you know, it, it's just, uh, I can't say enough good things uh, about the the culture that we have here and about the organization itself. And you have that going on outside your walls too. Um, you have the people helping people motto, but I see it on Fort Knox and I see it yeah. with how you're sponsoring so many community events. It, that seems to be important to your organization. It's very, very important uh, to the organization. Um, supporting the communities that we're in, um, supporting financial education. We just recently um, partnered with a group to have um, digital platforms for um, elementary and middle school children. We were sponsoring a number of schools in the state whereby we will be going in and partnering um, to help teachers get financial literacy in the classroom. And, you know, that's very important to us, along with the community 
sponsorships that we do and um, just being involved, being a corporate, good corporate citizen, I guess you would call it, um, you know, just to be able to um, support the efforts, you know, all, all around our markets. But, you know, primarily Hardin County, I mean, this is the heart of where we are. Becky, there's two great things I heard you talk about with your professional experience that I think really distinguish Fort Knox Federal Credit Union as an employer, and that was encouragement and mentoring and how formative that was in your own story. How are you now, having uh, gained so much experience, how are you serving in that mentor or encourager role outside of, I think that's exactly what we're trying to do on this podcast, but um, tell me a little bit about how now being on the other side of that equation, um, you're inspiring and encouraging the next generation of women leaders. One of the, um, the main things that I try to do is just make sure that I'm connecting with the staff at every level. Um, you know, some, some of the younger women here maybe have been um, reluctant to apply for positions that have been open, you know, for fear that they wouldn't qualify for the job. And one of the things that I've done on, you know, a number of occasions is reached out to them, more or less recruited them to, you know, why, hey, why aren't you applying for this job? You'd be a great candidate. And um, for the most part, the ones that decide to go ahead and take that leap, they end up being a, you know, a great fit for the role that, you know, they're in. So, so that's one of the ways. And another is I, you know, I just try to stay connected with them always, um, I don't want to say be a sounding board, but, you know, communicate with them. I don't ever want to be um, at, in a place where they don't feel like they can come to me, that they don't feel like they can talk to me. I, I want to be able just to communicate at every level. And so that's one of the things that, you know, I, I try to make a commitment to do is make sure that I'm making visits, going around and touching base with our staff. and. Um, particularly the women and, you know, just asking them questions, you know, what are their challenges? Just, you know, encouraging them to tell me about their lives and seeing if there's any way I can make a connection with something that I did in my life that might benefit them. One of the things that we do when we have um, new hires um, and they're in their orientation class, I usually will go down um, one of the, you know, during one of their training classes or one part of the orientation and just speak with them. And instead of just talking to them about me, I try to go around the room and ask each one of them. I, I want them to tell me about themselves. And that enables me to be able to connect with them on their level, whether it's their experience, what their aspirations are in life. Um, you know, what their background is, if um, they've grown up in this community, if they've come from another state, whatever the case may be. So just kind of to open the door right there in the very beginning as soon as we hire them. them. What a great note to start off on of, you know, building that relationship from the get-go and seeing what you can do to help people get to be where they want to be. Oh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, many of the, the new hires, they're entry-level positions. So, you know, 
it's it's kind of fun to be able to tell them, hey, I was you. <laughs> I, I was a part-time teller. I, you know, when I started out, that's what I was You're doing. You're not asking them to do anything you haven't done right. yourself a million times over. <laughs> right. Exactly. And some of them will tell me, you know, yeah, I'm in school right now. Woo-wee. You know, they'll talk about how grueling it is. And, you know, and, and you know, I have to laugh with them. And I said, you know, whenever I finish school, I thought, wow, I'm going to have so much more time. I'm just not going to know what to do with it. I'm going <laughs> to, I was so excited that I was going to have all this time. But really, I didn't have more time. It was like, let me guess, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, you really don't have more time. What happens is you if just you wait for up, time, it's never going to happen. No, I got more sleep. That's about what it amounted to, is I ended up getting more sleep. So. Well, because that's not I was, to be taken for granted. Yeah, that yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I guess I was working, you know, way up into the night. Yeah, but and, sometimes we're all waiting for these, like, when this happens, it'll be the right time, yes. or when we get to this phase, it'll be perfect. But I think you've just said so much in terms of just jumping on those opportunities to prepare yourself and not waiting for those stars to magically align and give you that permission to put those priorities first. Right, right. And, you know, I as, as um, tough as it is... Um, you know, I could have put off going to going back to school until my kids were grown, but golly, had I done that, I I don't think I would have made it. I think I would have just continued to put it off and put it off, and it was just better to just you know take it all on at once. And you know, and and I I had a great support system. I have to say, I mean, my family was so supportive. My husband, my parents, my husband's parents, they all were so supportive. And, you know, if one of us couldn't get the kids to where they needed to be, then the parents would jump in and take care of it. So I did have a great support system. I didn't do it, you know, 100% on my own. I could have never done it on my own. It's a lot of papers to write. If <laughs> oh, you my don't. God. <laughs> the kids in the room. The room. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is the truth. <laughs> and I love how you're encouraging women in your organization to take the step because we hear so much about yes. fear and it's like, well, I don't think I'm qualified or, you know, just, just try, you know, right. just, just make the ask or, or apply or, um, or ask you, you know, what do you think or what can I do to my resume to improve right. it, to cater it to this thing? Um, there's so many resources out there if we just ask. Um, we have some young women that listen to our podcast that aren't necessarily motivated for higher education. They're, um, they lean more toward skill and skill is very important yes. as your career shows and, and knowing, uh, knowing a business inside and out, but what were the features and benefits of education, uh, beyond just having that degree? What did you learn that you were able to apply to the skill that you already had? Wow. Well, for one thing, um, you know, I, I think communication, I, you know, I learned how to communicate better in a, um, uh, you know, from a classroom setting. And, you know, you got to think about it. Whenever I was in, uh, when I was taking classes, I was one of the older ones in the class always. So to communicate at different levels too. And I think that was so helpful for me in being able to communicate now because, you know, right now I'm one of the older ones you know, in our organization. I'm one of the older females. So to be able to communicate to younger women and not communicate with them like they are a child or they are like my daughter, um, you know, just to be able to communicate them at communicate with them at the business level. I think that was um, that was a big uh, learning 
experience for me. Um, you know, there's there's just um, a lot that I think I gained uh, time time management. You know, at the time, oh, time I had, management. Time for management sure. was yeah. the biggest. Now, right now, I don't think I'm doing very well at time management. But I have learned that the busier I am, the more organized I am. So, time management was uh, a big. Um, it, you know, you just you have to have that in order to juggle so many balls in the air at one time. So, well, I'm going to pass that along to some young ladies I'm trying to encourage to pursue higher education. They're like, oh, we can just do this thing. And I'm like, well, you can, but what if you also added this component? How much more opportunity would it give you? Yeah. Yeah. Tons. (laughs) And I'm like, and this is not coming from an old lady. I'm just, I mean, an old lady being me. (laughs) Because they look at me and they're like, ah, it's all good. And I'm like, no, like start now. It's, It's hard to impart that urgency to a, a young woman um, right out of high school. Um, yeah. Some people are born with it, like you said, and some people have to motivate. And Megan has lots of tools to help with that and coaching. And um, sometimes we all need that. I need it. That, <laughs> that That's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's my favorite mm-hmm. thing about the podcast is, you know, it's. It, I think if we pretend that it's always easy all the time and you're always going to be motivated and it's mm-hmm. always going to feel good and rewarding, um, heck, that's uh, that's what I get out of our conversations <laughs> with inspiring women is it recharges my batteries because, yeah, we all have – I had sick kiddo last week and being up two nights with them, um, throwing up, and you forget, <laughs> oh, gosh, and now I have to go to work on four hours of sleep. Like, yeah. We all um, – I think it's about learning that grit and that persistence and recognizing that – all of us have to find ways and that's really what is so important to me about coaching and about the podcast and in the tools that we try to offer is recognizing that it's not easy and it's not automatic and there aren't people that are just wired to naturally be able to do these things that really all of us can accomplish it's just finding ways that work for everybody in their individual unique situations to keep your batteries charged so that when you run into those walls they don't become barriers. It's something that you can break through and break down because you've got that, I love the support system analogy yeah. and the team approach of people who won't let you fail and won't let you make those excuses. So for anybody listening that needs talked into <laughs> some motivation, yes. we're here for you because that's what we know it takes and that's what we want to be able to provide. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I can tell you when my um, daughters were growing up, they knew that they really didn't have a choice. They had to go to college. If you go to college and you flunk out, you know, I guess that would be your decision to do, but you have to go to college. So there was never any question in their minds that they were going to college. I can remember, you know, my youngest, she had, she probably changed her career in her mind six or eight times from the time she was in the fourth grade until she graduated from high school. And then whenever she was in college, I think she changed her degree like three times. So <laughs> she was so, working towards yes, something, which she is figuring out what fun. she didn't like. She was. <laughs> always important. She, she was. And, you know, they, they both um, were, you know, still kind of had some, had some uncertainties. And my oldest, you know, graduating with a degree and then going back now to get her nursing degree, even that uncertainty was there. And, and it's okay to have that uncertainty. With me, um, because I was in the 
financial industry and had already felt like I was already on a good career path, to me, it just made sense to add the education that it could only um, increase my chances of um, furthering my career, you know, rather than just sitting back and, and not you know, not pursuing anything at that point, so. And look at your influence now, and you're influencing, and have influenced your daughters, and they will influence, who knows, who knows, your grandchildren, who knows who they'll influence, so that started with you, which is pretty incredible. Well, thank you, (laughs) thank you, I would have have never, you know, like I said earlier, I never imagined that would be the case. And one more thing to ask, Megan, do you have anything to add? Before we go, I'm I wondering one more if question. we are ever gonna are we gonna call you Doctor Becky? Yeah. One day? Are you no. Gonna, are you gonna keep no. going? No, I have to tell I you though. I can't wait to see what you're gonna do next. <laughs> no, no, I have to tell you though. My sister said the same thing. Of course, she was the same one that said when I got my um, when I achieved my bachelor. She was like, "Well, when are you gonna get your master's?" And I was like, "I'm not." Are you kidding? Like, I'm just stopped. That okay. is not happening. She was like, oh, no, you have to. And I was like, no, no, it's not going to happen. And, of course, <laughs> you know, then it did. And so then whenever I completed my master's, she's like, okay, now what? And I'm like, no, that's it. <laughs> I really am finished now. I really am. <laughs> We've heard that on the podcast before. Yeah. <laughs> now what? Now what? Yeah. Now what? Should be yeah. Our tagline. But <laughs> I'm sure you all continue to amaze us with. Uh, taking advantage of every opportunity. Well, thank you, Megan. Uh, my last question, and this is a hard one, so okay. I say the hardest for last. What is the most valuable advice you've received in business? Be yourself is uh, very important. You can do anything that you put your mind to. That, I, that's not what I was expecting you to say. I was you expecting just, you to give some kind of executive answer. You know? No, I, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not really an executive answer. I mean, it's it. It really is more personal, I think, than um, business. You you have to. You really have to be yourself and be able to connect with people in order to be successful, I believe. You, you can't um, be some, pretend to be someone that you're not mm-hmm. and be successful. Um, I don't think you can sustain it. Right. And you're talking you really know? about leadership, and I think that's what it takes to be a yeah. leader people want to follow is somebody that's, Authentic. And yes. I th- totally think of that when I think of you. And just think about the stories you've already shared of, you know, your personal experience and being open about that and um, being willing to share where you've come from and your challenges. I think that's exactly what a great leader does. Well, thank you. And yeah, you probably, <laughs> you, you said it better than I did. But seriously, you, you do have to be authentic. You cannot be fake. You really do have to be yourself. And if it means being silly sometimes, or, you know, if it means being serious, if it means crying with someone, if it means just listening, or if it means really getting down to business and working harder than you've ever worked in your life, you still, you know, you, you have to be yourself. 
See, I really just wanted you to talk about the silliness part because I always feel bad about bringing my Star Wars um, fandom into my professional life as much as it crosses over. So you just gave me permission to not feel bad about my car being covered in Star Wars stickers. And uh, sometimes I wonder, I'm rolling up to a work meeting and uh, I wonder what they think about that. No, see, I love that. I love that. You have to be able to laugh um, and you have to be able to have fun. Be think, passionate about what you yes, do. Yes, you, you really do. Um, you know, you've, you've got to be able to do those things to really enjoy working and enjoy your job. I mean, think about it. You, you spend more time at your job than you do with your family and at home. So if you come in and you are not happy and you can't have fun... How long are you going to last? How long are you going to last in that role? So really, I mean, that's one of the things that we're trying to make sure that we do here at the credit union, and that is develop a culture where we really value coming in, having fun, doing a good job, getting our work done, working hard, but having fun while we're doing it. This Boss Lady Coaching podcast episode is produced in part by Fort Knox Federal Credit Union. People helping people. Visit fortknoxfcu.org. Enjoy free tools at bethebosscoaching.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Boss Lady Coaching. All podcast content is property of Megan Stiff, Holly Sexton, and podcast guests. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.